0: All right, soccer freaks, this is ATL on fire, the podcast. Where we're going to be talking all things Atlanta United Football Club. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. everybody we are live if you just click the link in our twitter it's another episode dave it's episode 32 can you believe it no yeah i can't either (laughs) uh if uh if you guys have not watched the show we are atl on fire the podcast where we talk about it all and uh we have a two-game recap right dave to to go through today
1: two games to talk about And we're live, so anything can happen,
0: folks. So if you're joining us on the YouTube, um, get in the chat, ask us some questions. I'll try to keep uh, an eye on that if anything comes through. If not, we will continue to talk about it all. And um, yeah, find us on uh, all the major podcasters, ATL on fire. There it is right there. Hashtag ATL on fire. Thank you, Suzanne, for the t-shirts. And what else? is? Can uh, we
1: start with a rumor?
0: Yeah. I like rumors. Well, I
1: don't know if it's a rumor, but um, so there's been Joseph Martinez has had some comments that came out in press conference um, about how um, he almost quit the game during after the ACL surgery. Apparently, he got a really, really bad infection from the surgery and almost didn't recover.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear about that until a couple of weeks ago, right? That he had five total surgeries, right? And yeah,
1: and he had to go back under the knife several times because of this. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, was really shocked because it seemed like the media would have brought that up and uh, didn't hear much.
1: Well, here is where you know we've been talking about it, but the club, come on, because here is the thing, right? So it's one thing to deny us, you know, accurate reports about injuries. You can say maybe that gives an advantage or whatever. Um, but when the King, our leader, the guy who makes the team go, um, is suffering and you know, you have a whole community out there that can pull for him, right? Why in the world would you not make that public and let people get behind him?
0: I have no idea. Um, again, this just goes back to, you know, is it a part of, the communications team being down people. I mean, we're starting to see that ramp back up with social media. Is that somewhat of an excuse? I don't know, but it seems like, That's a major oversight, to your point, regardless.
1: Yeah, I mean, when the communications team, admittedly during COVID, is down, right, that means that you can't be wandering around getting the inside scoop or whatever, but that doesn't mean you can't let us know about Joseph Martinez's recovery and and really major complications that he was having. I mean, could you imagine if they suddenly had come out and say, oh, um, he had complications from the surgery, we didn't tell you about it, and now he's never going to play again?
0: Yeah, well... I think it also, you know, some of the there's there's some reporting on Atlanta United. And I think the people that do it do a nice job. But I feel like, you know, it is a big club. I feel like there could be some increased digging on some of the journalism out there. Um,
1: You mean holding Bocanegra and Eels feet to the fire a little bit?
0: A little bit. Yeah. Um, Even with things that we're talking about right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was just flabbergasted to
0: hear that, that that we had no idea that was going on. Yeah. Um, what do you want to get into first, though, in terms of uh, the last two games? We've got a new coach that uh, unfortunately hasn't been able to start, right? Because he came in having tested positive for COVID um, upon accepting the job. Uh, so there was a little it's a bad
1: a- <laughs> sign, folks,
0: <laughs> a bad sign, but uh- ominous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. Um- yeah, the first thing he does after getting appointed is get COVID. Um, yeah, that that goes to you know that might be the way our coaching searches have gone. But um, yeah, no, apparently he was he was supposed to start coaching on Thursday, and there's been some complication which they haven't really told us about. But now, um, dear podcast listeners, we're live. It is Saturday afternoon, an afternoon podcast. Mikey Dobbs, the first, the first, yeah, and uh, so we're. Um, ahead of the game tonight um, at D.C. United. And um, apparently um, Pineda is in D.C., maybe even at the stadium, but not coaching the team.
0: Oh, really? So he's not making his debut
1: He is not making his debut tonight because of some added complication, COVID something. So it must mean that he's still not allowed to be in front of the players. But you would think that – he might be relaying to Valentino what he wants.
0: Yeah. You would think he'd be, he's been coaching though, correct? Or what's the, what's, what's his involvement been on?
1: What he has said is that he has not really been coaching. He's been getting to know the team and, and, and talking to players, but he has left the Valentino um, to, you know, Rob Valentino to do the tactics for now. Cause he doesn't want to overcomplicate it when he's not there. Right. Which I think is admirable.
0: Um, and with tactics, there's a lot to talk about because the good news for Atlanta United right now, folks, is we are on, what, a three-game win streak? Three games. Um, that feels good. Um, we. <laughs> it feels
1: good to win, people. <laughs>
0: feels good to win. We also have a new player um, that I know you and I got to see on Wednesday um, and a lot of excitement to see what his potential could be. It was definitely promising seeing some of the – Miggy like moves that I feel like we are hoping to see from somebody like that. Miggy
1: like, right. Miggy, Miggy. Uh,
0: well, yeah, you know that burst of, of speed in the midfield. I, I definitely saw a couple little moments where, even uh, I don't know if it's Barco's height that makes his speed a little hard to see. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. he's got those little choppy steps where I felt like uh, Luis Arujo. I'm going to get Arujo. Him. It's it's I already have gone to the Twitter. Here we go <laughs> on on, a- ho. on how to pronounce his name correctly. Here, so let's go over.
1: I think that's what they were saying. Arucho. A- yeah, hold on, hold on. This has been a major ATL on Fire podcast controversy. How do you pronounce the players' names? <laughs> we talk about it all, people, pronunciations included.
0: It's basically air. Er, uh, Ojo, ejo, and the emphasis arujo. is on the o but uh, uh
1: arujo but these right, these got it. fine
0: fine folks are saying this is it right Araojo, and the emphasis is on the u with the accent right so you put it a little more o in that on that u i guess is what uh
1: I think I'm flummoxed
0: I'm flummoxed too. so <laughs> araujo araujo araujo
1: okay ara Joe.
0: Out of Ujo. And yeah, so there we go. I I keep (laughs) messing it up. I've been practicing all day and can't All
1: right. Outside of the pronunciation, what did you think of the new player?
0: Uh, For just coming in cold in terms of never playing with uh, the squad, trying to distance himself in tight space with our other three superstars. I felt like um, he asserted himself. Uh, He... Um, showed glimpses of, of brilliance at some times uh, that, that I was hopeful to see, had a really nice shot. Again, we were talking about long-range shots on frame, made the keeper make a save, uh, and then he kind of went quiet, like the rest of the team. I thought our first 20 minutes in, in the Wednesday game was great, and then we f- kind of floundered in terms of finding that balance that I think everybody was worried about uh, with so much um, attacking-minded folks up front like himself.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we discussed about where he would play on the field, whether he'd be an inverted winger or um, a classic winger. And Valentino went with Z, with neither, neither of the both, neither of the two. Um, yeah, I mean, I was flummoxed by that decision, right? We're going to play th- basically three attacking midfielders. Um, and at times in the game against Toronto, um, our front line had a depth of about five yards. So that means that basically their back you know, line of four was holding a line, and we had six players within five yards of the offside line. Um, that's not going to work, folks. Yeah. Um, You know, it is just way too – it's it's a lack of, you know, dynamic there because you just can't get running at players when when you're already there. If you run, you're just going to go offside, right? So, you know, he played him on the right side for the most part. He did switch over for a few minutes over to the left side, so he had some freedom. But they basically played three different – you know attacking midfielders with complete freedom to go everywhere and for 20 minutes it caused chaos um but then afterwards it seemed to really mostly we got in ourself in our way you know and and i agree with you in the toronto game you know after the first 20 minutes we were poor
0: and uh, just in terms of his performance though, luis uh what what did you think though
1: well the burst of speed um there were a couple of times where he pushed the ball quickly and his you know zero to full speed was really impressive um you know the acceleration i was like oh goodness um you know obviously it's a it's a very small sample size but um that it was direct you know he tried to split the defender flip it through and accelerate and right. he looked like you know he was going to be gone you know yeah. so um Yeah, I like that.
0: And so, you know, that's also some of the things that we've seen from Moreno, um, kind of improving when he's a little less out on the left, where he has been Mm -hmm. able to, you know, like shake the guy off, like we saw a couple games ago, and drive right up the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how how do we make sure that uh, there's room for Moreno, Barco, and –
1: Araujo. 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 Yeah, no, I think that the answer has to be that he has to play as a winger because that will open up everything. Um, You know, it's a difficult thing to do because you say, all right, well, if Araujo plays uh, as a classic winger on the left, does that, you know, basically block... Um, Bello from overlapping and I think the answer is no I think Bello should still overlap but just pick the moments and you don't need him overlapping you know 14 times a game and being the real winner winger um, you can have Araujo as the as the winger and it can open it up
0: so if you're if you're picking the starting lineup tonight it sounds like we don't have sosa for uh, some injury.
1: Yeah, that issues. didn't look so good. Did you Did you get an update? I mean, I know Atlanta United doesn't provide updates.
0: <laughs> I did not see anything <laughs> definitive. Shocking. <laughs> I did not find anything definitive. What? So, no. if, if you're listening, uh, hit us up on the chat if you know anything about. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it didn't
1: look so good. I mean, the moment he, you know, he just pulled up like it almost looked like hamstring.
0: Yeah, I would,
1: uh, which is not good
0: because you know evaluating what our options are, which with the four stars that we talked about right there, we're all offense and we desperately have to have a defensive minded. Yeah. you got to have
1: someone sitting there to get the balance. And without Sosa, I think um, the yeah. answer is question mark. Now, yeah. apparently, you know, a bar is supposed to have been played that in a former life. Right. Um, so maybe, so and right. obviously Mo Adams yeah. is the natural thing, but he's still out too. Right.
0: No, I uh, just hit up uh, Doug Ruberson, who reported that he's not on the injury report. So
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not out. <laughs> that, doesn't mean he's not, that doesn't mean he's not out. Okay, but,
0: uh, he's a, apparently available though.
1: Well, then, so obviously, then, it, then I think Mo Brooks has to be the has to be the guy. He so, can do that.
0: Yeah, we'll think we'll see him tonight. Then
1: I would think he'd be in the starting lineup. Right. Yeah,
0: I, I think so too. I think there's other options, uh, but they're not the right options. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that there's uh, you know Zetto or uh, or yeah, if Abara were to be available himself, like that would be another uh, another consideration. I don't know enough about Ibarra's past there in that that role, but if you know, I, I think that's what Mo Adams is always meant for. When sure. there's an injury like this, he plugs in and he's capable. He's not the ideal.
1: Well, if he's starter. back, that's good timing, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that just shocked me, though. I mean, and you know, and if, if I'm gonna come down hard on Valentino, I would say. It, in the Toronto game, when you play Arugio, um you have got to go to four in the back. It's, it's obvious. It's painfully obvious, right, that um, you can't play five in the back and play Arugio. Um It just doesn't work because that they, if you do that, in order to get any kind of balance, you have to play three attacking midfielders and they just fall all over each other. Um, and you could see it because outside of the first 20 minutes, we really didn't have players running at the back four. We were really fortunate to get, you know, a deflected Barco goal, right? Um, and uh, outside of that, we, you know, we didn't really um, create. Um, I, I, you know, I just think that uh, you have to, it has to go to a back four. And one of the things that we haven't discussed on the on the podcast, but... Um, when it comes to playing either three center backs or two center backs, one of the things that occurred to me is, OK, so even if you were, let's say your Valentino was the long term coach and he was really confident in sticking um, with three in the back. And, you know, obviously we haven't given up goals. So, you know, it's working at some level. Um, you know, if you're going to do that, where... Do you go if there is an injury or even if you just want to rotate a player? Who is the backup for the back three? You got Campbell, maybe. Yeah. Right. Campbell's really young. He hasn't really shown that he can do it at that level for that long. Right. Um, Whereas if you play two, then you have obviously the third as an absolute natural backup.
0: So Brent Crawford who joined the the fire was saying that Doug Roberson says that Ibarra is out as well as, <laughs> as well as Sosa. So. Oh
1: goodness. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, dear podcast listeners, uh, you know, for letting us know um, anytime you have any information about who is truly available, um, hit us up because uh, we struggle. Even yeah. your spreadsheet can't tell us, can no, it? Mikey I,
0: I, and I haven't kept up uh, this this week on the spreadsheet, so we'll have to refresh that now that we've got uh, some changes. Uh, so do you want to go back to the LAFC game or continue on the Toronto Well, game?
1: we've been mostly talking about Toronto, so we might yeah. as well keep going. At it. We'll discuss it in you know inverse order. Um, so for those who have been following that closely, obviously we played LAFC first, um, and we're discussing the Toronto game, which happened second, which was Wednesday night um so just to make that clear the one thing I'll say though for sure um you know we discussed you know where we were in the table with Valentino as the interim and how long before um Pineda would be the actual official coach right and we said that he might not have a full effect till 12 games left and that 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 seems to be pretty prescient um but we discussed could we hang on and then we suddenly won 3 in a row yeah. right so we're only 3 points below the playoff line at the moment
0: and i if i'm not mistaken i think um dc united is is in the playoffs kind of in in the space where we might jump to if we were to in win the mush, yeah, we're in the mush yeah in the mix. Mush. <laughs> we're in the mush so a the win crowded, a win tonight no. would be be fantastic and i you know again though this is where um you know, I say throw your talent on the field and let them get the win, and that's what happened on Wednesday more than anything in my opinion versus us playing uh, a beautifully tactical game and um, not making ourselves vulnerable. But just because we had quality on the field, we were able to get away with it, I thought, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the tactics were, okay, we're going to basically, when we, def- when we don't have the ball, we're going to play five in the back, um, three center backs, and that's just, you know – We don't have to really be all that good tactically. We don't have to coordinate whatever. We're just going to have enough players back to stop people. So it was five in the back plus Sosa sitting in front. So it was really six in the back at times. And then everybody else is just free to... Um, you know, go create and hopefully do something and <laughs> score a goal, yeah. right? There was no rhyme or reason to it. There was no way that we attempted to break people down. It was just basically like, okay, we have Arujo, we have Barco, we have Moreno, we have Martinez, and hopefully somebody will do something brilliant. Yeah, which is no way to live long term. Um, but, you but know, I,
0: but on a Wednesday night, I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, it obviously got the job done, right? You know, we came out with a, a one nothing win, but I think we were, uh, if we have to be honest, I think we were a bit fortunate to get out of that with a one nothing yeah. win. We gave up a number of clear chances that really could have equalized late.
0: So, with Pineda coming in, um, what do you think will happen if it doesn't go? the way we want it to go Mm. um how, how much of a lifeline does Pineda have if let's say you know he he actually is on the sideline and we go on like a three or four game losing streak
1: I don't think Atlanta United management is the kind of management that is going to fire a coach quickly um you know, we did fire Heinz. I, I, you know, perfectly will acknowledge we fired Heinz. You know, after just a short number of games, but there they had, you know, a complaint with the league that was, you know, pending that they knew about and whatever. Uh, I think it, if there wasn't that complaint, even with the team not doing so well, Heinz is still the coach, because um, I think that they are, and I think quite rightfully, if you make a decision to take a coach you have to give him at least a chance to, you know, to settle with the team. So if Pineda comes and struggles and we don't do well, you got to figure that he's still our head coach for the beginning of next year. And obviously if, you know, he continues to struggle for the entirety of next year or a good portion of next year, then I think he'd be gone.
0: Yeah. So, but I
1: don't think they're going to have a short leash.
0: Um. Yeah, I agree. But I think, you know, if we don't see results, I'm I'm curious. hows to do a Twitter on this. When what what's the month we'll see the first Pineda out hashtag on on the web? Um,
1: well, I think Valentino shows you that with the talent we have, you don't have to get it too right to win, yeah. right? I don't think that he's done too much. That's fantastic. He's basically just said in a couple of the games, he's literally, in my opinion, just said our squad is better than yours. And we can just play open football. And as long as our players are happy and going at you and you're coming at us, we're going to win. Yeah. Um, you know, which, okay. Um, that can happen.
0: There are there any highlights that you want to go, yes, go through? Yes. Right? Well,
1: there is a moment. I'm not sure whether it's on the highlights because I haven't watched back the highlights from, you know, that were clipped. Do they have Mikey Dobbs, Joseph Martinez, Scorpion Kick? Oh, is it on there? <laughs> I
0: I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. You but, can look at it, but, but if we, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully see it here if it if it shows up. But uh, yeah, that would have been something had that gone in. Can
1: I tell the podcast listeners where where this came from, where the scorpion kick originated? Well, I don't know if it originated, but sounds where it like became a good, famous
0: tr- sounds like a good trivia question. But yeah, <laughs> take it away from me. Yeah, so
1: so Renee Higita who was the Colombian goalkeeper back in, Mm. uh, I guess it was the 90 World Cup, was Early 90s, right? Yeah. Um, He was crazy. Um, He used to take free kicks for Colombia. So anytime they had a free kick just outside the 18, he would come forward, he would take the free kicks. He would obviously take penalty kicks. um, And, you know, which created some crazy situations because if you know if he hit the wall with the free kick then it was scramble time (laughs) to try to get back Uh, but he was crazy and i think um maybe infatuated with certain kinds of um drugs that uh make you really hyped up yeah yeah and and (laughs) so in the middle of the world cup folks With a Colombian team that was a legit team, you know, it wasn't like a team that was just happy to make up the numbers. This was a team that was hoping to advance, right? There is a long shot that's sent in from 30-something yards or whatever. And Higuita's standing there, and it was very, should have been an easy stand-up, you know, was right at him, you know, catch the ball above your head. Instead, he crazy mans. Instead, he's standing there the whole time. He's standing there. The ball's coming. The ball's coming. And people are like, what are you doing? When are you going to actually put up your hand? It's like getting last minute, last minute, last minute. And at the last second, he does a front flip and back heels it with both heels off of the line up the field. And the ball was like, you know, three quarters of the way up the goal. It was like head height or higher. I mean this is nuts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know that's, that's that's how how somebody knows to market themselves before uh you know social media happened, right? Like that video as, as a kid like that was already making making the rounds somehow some way we were able to track that video. And so
1: the, uh, those of you of course are familiar with the scorpion, you know, the tails hanging over backwards, you know, and that's how they, you know, you know, get people. But um, and so this looks like a scorpion and so thus the scorpion kick. I don't know whether that was the first ever scorpion kick, but that certainly put it on the map. And in this game, um, in this, I think is it? Uh, it's in the second half. Um, I uh, no, it's in the first half.
0: Well, let's let's get to uh, the first goal, right? Okay. Which happened in the twentieth minute, I think, roughly, because when we were playing so well, and and you th- your prediction in the game was that Toronto was actually going to press us pretty hard and if we could absorb the pressure then we were going to just kick some butt right and and win maybe three three one or something like that <laughs> so i had it completely wrong and man. and yeah the games either go that way or they kind of go the way that i was predicting which is you come out of the gates and you play really well and you get some goals now we did we certainly looked like we were in the front foot in this toronto game yeah, and I'm always worried if you don't score in that first 20 minutes, and we were talking about that at the game. And luckily, we got just uh, just in time, got the goal around the 20th minute, and uh, we'll take a quick peek at that where Barcolito uh, takes it down from a long ball and, uh, and makes that happen. So let's see here.
1: Yeah, so as Mikey Dobbs is pulling up the clip, right? So it's Marcelino Moreno who plays a, a- a uh, very aggressive um, attacking ball,
0: right? This is a different play here. Barca is trying to make something happen and just gets a corner kick out of it.
1: Yeah, a lot of dancing from Barco, but uh, you know, on the on the the goal, right? Isn't it a long ball? Um,
0: here it is, yeah. Here it is.
1: Oh, no, this is the Toronto game. Sorry, I'm getting the two games confused. Yeah, this is
0: this is the Toronto. Here's the All long, right. long ball of the back from Lennon, it looks like. Lennon's Dude.
1: on the right wing. He plays long. Uh, over the top to Barco, who brings it down beautifully. He cuts it back in the penalty area, and he goes to hit the far post.
0: Just nicks the defender's foot, which puts a little bit more arc on it. Yep, may or may not have gone in to begin with. Probably wouldn't have, but doesn't matter. That's why you shoot it on goal.
1: You got to figure the goalkeeper is going to make a save because it's going to be normal height, and it you know the extra loft on it gets it over the goalkeeper. Right. Um, bit fortunate, but you know you got to give credit because he's probing, we're probing. Um, yeah.
0: So I thought that was a nice goal. Now, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see the scorpion in here anywhere. <laughs>
1: We'll see. I don't know whether it's on the highlights. We forgot to check that.
0: Yeah, mm. I'm not doing my job here as <laughs> the uh, the video. <laughs> but yeah, like this one. How did that guy not score on us right there? By the way, I mean a little
1: bit fortunate, right? So now Mikey Dobbs is talking about how later in the half um, Toronto gets through on the right side. He walks right in on Guzan, and Guzan just makes
0: himself big and stops it. But whew, a little fortunate there. Yeah, there are definitely at least. Three really quality chances that Toronto should have put it in the back of the net, including the last minute of the game.
1: Yeah, there was one very late on where, you know, it fell in the box. The guy maybe 12 yards out.
0: second half. So the scorpion kick you think was in the second half? Um, I believe it was. Yeah. I just feel like the second half there was just not as much quality from us going forward. Definitely not. Um,
1: you know, Ooh, there's
0: another <clears> close one.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we dodged a few bullets. Um, we just didn't have cohesiveness on uh, the attacking play. Um,
0: yeah, and this guy who's got the blonde hair took the free kick. Who came on seemed to definitely put us on the back foot. Guy who's on the opposite side of the field there. I forget his yeah. name.
1: Yeah. So Toronto made a whole bunch of changes. Um, You know, to the starting lineup, a number of guys who hadn't been starters were now starters and, um, you know, gutsy move. Um, But a lot of those guys looked, you know, pretty dynamic.
0: Oh, there's a chance um, that we're going to go to here in the clip where George Bellow is slotted really well here by moreno and should have done better i mean should
1: moreno plays Bello in on goal he takes too long and it gets basically blocked
0: yeah uh you know i don't know if he should have just composed his body and not even taken the first touch and just ripped it yes while he had a better <laughs> angle i think <laughs> you gotta would... go with yes yeah go with yes on that
1: and there's the blonde kid What was his name again yeah I don't... Uh, just toying with us
0: yeah he was he was terrorizing us when we came on
1: and I have to say this is a problem with with Brooks Lennon out on the right who is getting toyed with right there um because uh his one on one defending is not outstanding, which is why you believe that Hernandez has gotta be yeah. probably long term the answer
0: that's why they I suppose that we had a better x g than than Toronto in this game, but just watching the highlights, it feels like they had a lot more quality attempts on the goal than we did
1: xg dear podcast listeners is expected goals um you know for the lingo out there right so it's basically in modern analytics um they basically take the number of chances and shots and and say where they came from um, and how open they were and it calculates an expected
0: goals um and uh yeah there's there's that's where the xg is high on this attempt here that Moreno just drags his foot and doesn't get any purchase on the ball. But this, yeah. Should, so describe this, it for people, right? We're at right. top of the box. So somebody plays it in to Joseph. He does a n- nice little nifty uh, job of, of posting it up and playing it back to Moreno. Moreno takes a, a touch and, and almost trips, which uh, basically causes the rest of the team to just ball watch because it was, they're like, did we foul him? Did he go down? And then, he actually moves forward and, and kind of goes out wide to get a pretty easy shot at the top of the six.
1: Before you go forward, um, you know, you, for those listening, people listening on the podcast, right? So LA United has two players forward, and Toronto has six players back. Uh, and Michael Bradley, who's the defensive midfielder for Toronto here, has come back clearly to help with Joseph Martinez. But when you have... Multiple center backs, and you had the defensive midfielder coming back. Um, we get this whole problem again. Nobody's really responsible, um, and the other guys can be running off, you know, open. And in this case, um, when Mikey Dobbs plays the clip, Joseph Martinez holds it up at the top of the eighteen draws a whole bunch of attention from Toronto they all collapse on him and he's able to play a nifty through ball to Moreno who
0: basically walks in on the right side of the goal well yeah he he lays it back to Moreno who then kind of fumbles it a little bit and Mm. falls and then you'll see then again to your point though nobody's taking responsibility everybody's ball watching and Moreno kind of stumbles forward and gets a very open shot at the top of the six yard box which he um, just kind of drags his foot and just yeah sc- he's got it wide. the
1: whole far side of the goal gaping and um, he just yeah.
0: so he oh he shoots it and he then shoots it and it back, comes back to him and that's then how then he stumbles and everybody watches and then top of the sixth. yeah just yeah he
1: yeah, had the whole far side of the goal gaping and just you know pulled it it's a classic pull right yeah. anybody who plays golf right he hooked it badly and this into this the trees this
0: is where toronto should have drawn in the game i mean this guy's the last
1: goal flubs, the last chance I mean.
0: flubs it just out. yeah
1: wait go back go back for a second so this is you know in the 93rd minute um toronto is clearly desperate for for getting ball back you know guzon makes a save just let it play yeah um and, oh, this is... Yeah, this is it. Right. It's out wide. So they're running wide on the left. And Atlanta has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people back. Toronto has one, two, three, four, maybe five players attacking. So it's not a numbers problem. And yet there is a player standing wide open at the penalty spot. I mean, when he misses from the penalty spot and he just blazed over, um, you know, it's sort of... Uh, you know, we were at sixes and sevens,
0: so to speak. Right. Um, It's not good. So we just went through the highlights. What what was your takeaway from the Toronto game in general, though?
1: You know, we kept the momentum going. We scored a goal. Um, I thought we were certainly capable of winning that game, especially early. We looked like we could just run them right off the field. Um, But that being said, I felt what I would say is, you know, I think that game is a classic example of how Mikey Dobbs and I are both right when we argue, right? So (laughs) Mikey Dobbs is correct that if you have enough talent on the field, you know, it sort of doesn't matter what the coaching is, right? And you saw that in the first 20 minutes. We just ran Toronto right off the field with just talent. You know, Barco Moreno, they were just turning people left and right. Um, That being said, we were completely unable to sustain it. Because I think the tactics were all wrong. And late in the match, you know, we could have easily been equalized by Toronto. And yeah. so I think that's an example of when you don't get the tactics right, all the talent in the world is not good enough.
0: One one thing I want to point out in the game, though, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but Amar S-Sedek, Sadiq, mm-hmm. um, I did not think he had a good game. Sadich. Sadich, I think you're right. I I know there was a little more... Of a, of a different opinion from some of the comments I read online so I was just curious to like what was your opinion I felt like he uh, made some silly fouls was was not in the right spaces didn't just did nothing overly positive like I would have given him a four out of ten on my play he's
1: rate. not a defensive midfielder anybody who thinks I mean and look you know from our mouth to Valentino's ears, please sadich is not the sosa replacement in this game if he is we're in trouble because he he just he he just doesn't defend that way he doesn't read the game well enough he's really a Heineman replacement he's more of a yeah. possession he's more of a box-to-box kind of guy but he's not you know and this might be the perfect segue to going back to the lafc game because um in the lafc game um sosa I mean, put on a masterclass of breaking up attacks and starting counterattacks. The number of times that Sosa read the the pass unbelievably and broke up what could have been a bad, you know, moment defensively, and created an an onrush with numbers offensively. Was just stunning. I mean, it was a for anybody who aspires to be a defensive midfielder. If you watch the LAFC game and watch Sosa the entire game, it was a masterclass.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought he was again back in the form that we were seeing in the beginning of the season in that LAFC game. So let's go through the highlights then, right here. He's on the ball as we kick things off against LAFC. So uh, what was the score of this game? By the way, one nothing.
1: Uh, I'm checking my notes. Um, yeah, I mean, we scored on the counter. Yeah, I think it was. Just one nothing.
0: Yeah. there. That was a nice... Cr- oh, who is that? Uh, that was... Uh, oh, that... It was that, Vela. Vela, yeah. Yeah, Vela tries oh, a bicycle kick early. In my notes, do you think Vela's put on a little weight? Am I wrong on that, <laughs> watching the...
1: I think the answer is yes, even from our our seats you could kind of tell that
0: yeah, i felt like he was a little chubby <laughs> i don't know maybe it was the way his uniform was out. just don't know. a little out of form yeah just a little out of form um this was a nice free kick attempt again why i like barco taking free kicks is because he at least even if it lacks, there you a, go lacks right there wait,
1: wait yeah. so stop it for a second right. go back you know this is the first example So let's just set the scene for the supporters. Just pause it right here. Pause it. I'm trying. So LAFC has the ball in the center back, right? They're all the way up the field. So their center back has the ball at midfield, and they are committed to attacking. We are pinned in, so to speak. We have everybody back, but we're pinned in, right? And um, so the LAFC center back um, tries to play uh they're actually you know Sosa's playing against two guys right so LAFC has a number advantage there's two guys there he tries to play a through ball you know into the middle of the field Sosa steps right in between the two players and wins it when he wins it he is going to create a 3v2 going forward right so let the clip play what a read and now it's 3v2 I mean this is a golden opportunity barco plays martinez in. he should score the old martinez would score he cuts it back and just doesn't quite have enough balance and dexterity to to finish it on the counter but barco plays the right ball moreno makes a beautiful run i mean everything was right um and it's just an example of martinez not quite getting there he's not quite all the way back
0: uh so what we're still 0 40 minutes into this game. Here's a free uh, kick outside the corner of the 18 for LAFC. And yeah, this goes is still, in. yeah,
1: LAFC puts in a great free kick. The guy goes back door, and there's not much you can do about that. Just thankfully, it turned out that he was offside.
0: Uh, if I'm not mistaken, though, who made the VAR. This is another problem though with uh, Alan Franco, and it's not in the highlights here, but they got that foul from a silly Alan Franco, a little over aggressive, over aggressive, a little mm-hmm. of, of LGP, um, which is the reason they that this free kick was set up to begin with. And I remember that in this game as a, a mental note that I'm like. Alan Franco, please don't be my LGP nightmare where you've got all of the the skills but are continuing to make bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, ooh, this could have been a goal, too, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, LAFC definitely put some pressure on us.
1: They're a very good team, techie yeah. team. They can create some chances. Um, we're coming up um, to the goal, right, which is early in the second half.
0: Uh, I think this is just for halftime here. Yeah. Uh, again oh this is just for halftime or is this no this is just the the beginning of the second half yeah what a ball by moreno though i know there's a lot of
1: all right so let's go back and set the scene for the goal and we can analyze it for the podcast listeners right um so Bello has a throw in all the way in our back corner we're kind of hemmed in and we're just trying to survive and um You'll see when we roll the clip that we kind of get out of it. We end up with Moreno on the ball. So go, hit play. Right? Bello throws to Moreno. Moreno turns. And what a probing 40-yard ball. Now, obviously, LAFC should have intercepted that. um, But, you know, he's just probing all the time and putting pressure on the defense. As soon as the LAFC defender fails to make a good clearance, it falls right to Barco. He runs right on in towards the 18 and then lays it on a platter. Yeah,
0: I, I, and people are giving the defender a lot of crap, but those are really difficult balls that are curling, probing balls like that that um, kind of came out of nowhere because it was not, not something that he was probably expecting was coming in his direction. I just thought that Moreno really uh, helped release something pretty cool there.
1: Yeah, so he squares it across, and Martinez, watch the finish. Just buries it. And this is something, you know, dear podcast listeners, if you're out there, if you play, if you have a kid who plays, one of the things you need to watch with Martinez is when he gets an open chance on goal, the goalkeeper never knows which way he's going. He is really shifty. He shifts his weight. He shifts his hips, right? He moves the ball around. He looks one way, looks the other way. The goalkeeper has no idea, and he almost always you know, gets the goalkeeper leaning the wrong way. And on that play, he gets the goalkeeper leaning to the goalkeeper's left and he shoots it to the goalkeeper's right, which is why he scores. Yeah.
0: And there was a goal taken back from him. I don't know. Was it this game?
1: Where Yeah, in this game. Yeah. He scored, I think, three goals. Yeah. And he
0: he had opened up his hips, right? And I made that comment on Twitter because when you do that, you let the keeper know nothing, right? You don't know what his intentions are because you can, again, play at far post or – Whip your leg a little harder and pull it near post, and that gives the keep, keeper nothing to read, right? So absolutely good point. All right, yeah, so
1: so later in the game, or in I don't know whether it was before or after the goal, but Martinez twice gets through and scores, and it's called back for VAR. He was clearly offside, but the finishing is just masterclass. Right. And so for anybody who's worried, is Joseph going to get back? I think the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, there's definitely signals. Um, You know, even early on, we saw that chance he would have normally made. But there's baby steps, like Bill Murray says. uh, You know, he's getting there. So here's a hell of a shot by LAFC that rings off the the top of the the crossbar here.
1: Yeah, so after Atlanta gets the lead, LAFC is probing a little bit. They're through the midfield. And, you know, it's just 35 yards out. Maybe it's really far, and he just hits a cannon. I don't really have a huge problem with Atlanta United on that. Um, yeah, You got to assume that Guzan's going to make that save. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes if you score from there, more power to you, you yeah. got to tip your hat. Uh,
0: Yeah, so I felt like after this point we saw the game out.
1: Well, We're so, so well. hit pause for a second because... Um, we have a one-goal lead. We're into the 70th minute, right? And um, Rob Valentino, once again, after giving up two-goal leads, right, um, he goes defensive again, right? So he brings on Brooks Lennon for Hernandez, right? Hernandez has been brilliant at right back. He's a better defender, and Brooks Lennon had been injured he's coming back on he wants to get him on clearly but brooks lennon is a uh, much more attacking you know yeah. right back and he got torched but why you bring on brooks lennon with the lead yeah and, he- and why bring him on at right back why not bring him on um you know somewhere else at right, on the right side and the reason is valentino doesn't want to mess with the system he he's so locked into the system that the only place in the system that he has with the five in the back, the only there's no winger. So the only place that Brooks Lennon can go is into that right winger back, right? But that is a defensive position still. I know they don't play it that much, but it's still a defensive position, and it almost cost us again.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and I can't remember the last few minutes of this game, but I felt like they were pretty quiet. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I, I think we were... You know, I don't think it was, you know, As pins tri- and needles. Yeah, I
0: don't think it was pins and needles. And even in the Toronto game, I felt, even though they had quality chances, the game didn't feel like it was under threat. Oh, there's pretty damn good opportunity right there in the 81st. Yeah.
1: Or L.A., you know, they, they there's a turnover in midfield, L.A. running towards the top of the box, and he gets a long shot. Again, you know, um, not a terrible shot, but one that, you know, is not a high frequency of, of scoring. Yeah, from from that range.
0: The good news is three game win streak. We play DC United tonight at eight PM. Hopefully everybody can tune in. If you have AT and T, of course you can watch that locally. If not, it is blacked out. But on ESPN Plus, get your VPN from Nord or whomever if you want to get around that. You
1: didn't hear it from us.
0: You didn't hear it from <laughs> us. Uh, but can
1: I can I bring up one point? So the 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 clip that we watched, where LAFC rattles the crossbar running forward. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it was the fault of playing three at the back that nobody steps up sooner?
0: No, not in that case. No, okay. I think your other cases are valid on that. But mm-hmm. if, like I, and I can't remember the setup exactly. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people in the mix there that could have stepped up on him. I mean, that's just. It was a hell of a shot, um, you know.
1: It's pretty long, so I don't, you know, and somebody did step up eventually. Right. And when the person stepped up, I don't remember it was was Robinson or whether it was Franco, um, but when whoever stepped up, it wasn't like we vacated and had somebody wide open. Right. So I wasn't more concerned, but I do think that the three there... Maybe cause the player to step up a half a second later. Maybe he closed him down and forces him to take it from, you know, 28 instead of 23.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that's also one of the scenarios we had just scored two minutes earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mindset of the other team is to get back in quickly. And so there's a little bit of that for somebody to ha- take an audacious you know, 30 35 yard shot from that distance and just be feeling it, uh, I, I, I think you just take your chances there. I'll take that all day long if somebody wants to take a 35-yard shot. And Brad Guzan should have it covered.
1: In my notes, I also have that <clears> – <throat> Alan Franco had by far his best game and was just bossing it around in the back. I don't think he necessarily followed that up with Toronto as being as strong, but in this game was, I thought the first time where he looked really comfortable
0: outside of that one play where he's a little irresponsible and aggressive and gave them that free kick, which they scored, but got pulled back for offside. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. Um, so what are your predictions against D.C. United tonight?
1: You know, it's interesting because I have to go on record as saying that at the moment, you know, we are one of the most talented teams in the MLS with everybody healthy. Now, obviously, we don't have everybody healthy. We've lost Sosa again. And, and you know, if there's a guy who we can't afford to lose long term – it's Sosa. We have backups everywhere across the pitch. The The backups in the center back, backups in the wing backs, backups in the attacking midfielders for sure. The only two places where I feel like we don't have cover are defensive midfield. Mo Adams is cover, but it's a real step down from Sosa, who's a,
0: but who's one, a genius. One thing I will say, I'm not a Mo Adams hater at all. I agree. I, I think he is tremendously athletic. I feel yeah. like he... He has some vision. Um, hopefully, you know, watching someone like Sosa come in, like there could be some some nice uh, things that rub off on him. But I think he's he's got upside, I think. I don't know how old Mo Adams is, but I know he's a little bit of an MLS veteran, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Yeah, he's been around a little while, but he's not super old. I want to say he's maybe 28. Right. Um, you know, one of the things I feel about Mo Adams is since he's been here, um, nobody has given him a defined role. He's been sort of a utility guy fill right. in anywhere. Um, and I think his role, if he's going to have a real role, is as a defensive midfielder. There have been moments where people have you know talked about him, him as being one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. Um, you know, maybe he'll have a chance to show it tonight.,
0: yeah. but
1: if he's going to play and play well, he needs to have that defined role.
0: yeah, if if he's been practicing I and mean, he's healthy, I would rather see him plug in for Sosa tonight than anybody else personally. I
1: agree. The other place where we don't have cover obviously is is up front Joseph Martinez. You know. Yeah. Um now I don't know, maybe uh some player like uh an Arujo Araujo, <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, maybe I he can, maybe he can play up front too. Um you know, when you have three attacking midfielders, um, you know, who are that capable in you know, Barco Moreno and Araujo. um Maybe you don't. You can get away without having a striker for a while, but you yep. worry about the finishing.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it could be with a false nine type of setup with Arujo and, and and Barco and Moreno. I would, I would at least feel that they could get it done. Between who is your three? false
1: nine in that scenario? I know who mine is.
0: Uh, I think. It, well, I don't know that I've seen enough of Luis to to make a call okay. there. There, but if. If I had to guess who your yours was, I would go with Moreno.
1: Yeah, it's Moreno. Yeah, I think Moreno could actually be a textbook false nine. Yeah. holds the ball up well. Yeah, I think
0: he knows I, he knows how to get the foul. Like we've seen that in the last mm-hmm, couple games. Mm-hmm. He he knows how to be a little cheeky and move mm-hmm. his feet to get the leg drag. I mean that's just the way it works, and that's <laughs> that's what you want from somebody who's creating opportunities, getting penalty kicks, not Kubo Torres, is what we're saying.
1: Not Kubo
0: Torres. By the way, Hashtag. I, thank you very much for the wine. Can I
1: you, yeah, we to discuss. We did. Uh, so we're drinking a Joel Gott. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa. It's a big wine, um, and it's delicious.
0: Day drinking in the afternoon <laughs> as part of the warm-up. And we need to win. We need all three points tonight. If we do that, I think this team could have some real momentum going forward. I feel like it'll be fun to watch.
1: Well, one thing is for sure is you'll learn a lot about the team tonight because, um, you know, classically, as we've discussed on the podcast, um, the MLS has been a woeful league for winning on the road. It has the lowest mm-hmm. winning percentage of any major league, um, across the planet. Um, the speculation has always been that that's because the travel is so onerous. You have such a big country. Yeah. Um, nobody, no other leagues in the world have this kind of travel commitment. But well, for whatever reason, it is the fact that on the road, MLS teams do worse than just about any major league across the planet and so A two hour flight
0: though up to dc come on yeah
1: well i was gonna say dc is not that far so if that's the reason then it's probably not so bad and i would say you learn right so you know one thing that tata did when he came in the league you know the everybody had talked about the way to do well in mls is win all the home games and and go on the road and park the bus, get a couple results, right? And that will take you to the playoffs and and get the home field advantage and get through. Um, We
0: clearly can't park the bus tonight.
1: (laughs) Well, so Tata changed all that because Tata was the first time he was like, no, we have the better team. We're going to go on the road and play the same way. Um, And outside of that last Toronto game before the playoffs, when they won the title in 2018, when they just, chumped it and lost the supporter shield when they were really aggressive and and got burned. Um, They won more road games. Tata won more road games, I think than any other team in the history of the league that year. Um, And so I think he proved that if you have a really good team, you don't have to. So we're going to find out two things. One, is that how Atlanta is going to do it? And this is not the permanent coach. So maybe it's not the permanent decision. And we're going to find out whether we're good enough to go on the road and try to get a result.
0: Yeah. Well, the last one was what? Seattle, right? So, everybody tune in to the Atlanta United game tonight against D.C. 8 p.m. kickoff, am I mistaken?
1: 8 p.m. kickoff. It we'll be watching.
0: Again, on ESPN+. If you can get it. If you can get it on AT&T slash DirecTV. It should be available.
1: Do you, so. do you, is there a rant there, Mikey Dobbs? About no,
0: I'm not going to go off on it any more than I have.
1: have go- we've talked about it a little bit. I mean, but, phew, you know, Atlanta United. I You know, I kind of felt like this was a a temporary standoff between, you know, YouTube TV and Hulu and Atlanta United. Um, and not just Atlanta United, but all the, the teams that are represented by Fox sports, including the Braves and whatnot. It's
0: Bally it Bally sports. Right now, now
1: it's Bally sports. You know, it got converted from Fox Sports Southeast yeah. to Ballys. but, um, I thought it was gonna, you know, you figure someone's got to blink. It's gone on long enough. It doesn't seem like anybody's blinking. Yeah. Oh. so we're just stuck in the middle you know get in the shaft.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. But nonetheless, um if you guys have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do. Tell a friend and I am on vacation for uh 3 Don't days. Don't go Mikey Dobbs. So maybe we can do a podcast um Late next week.
1: Sure. Um, one of the things we're going to try to do, dear podcast listeners, is we're going to try to, um, as you know, we don't have a regular schedule. The podcast doesn't come out on a regular day, but, uh, and part of that is because uh, we have other jobs. Yeah, other It's jobs. at least rumored anyway. Other
0: jobs. <laughs> and you coach three nights a week. You're a champ,
1: man. Uh, but, but we are going to try to give more advanced notice and do these live um, so that the podcast listeners are um, can ask questions live, so um, get on Twitter, follow ATL on Fire, um, and look for um, the notifications that we're going to do the live podcast, and jump on and ask us a question.
0: Yeah, and Brent Crawford, thanks for doing that tonight. Thanks for letting us know, um, and we'll hopefully um, amp this up a little bit, but uh, nice first couple of tests on the live live broadcasting. So
1: Sounds good to me.
0: All right, everybody, let's go for the win tonight. Thanks for listening. Take care.